Blog Talk Radio. Where you want some karaoke for all your friends? More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E, the number two, M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. Plus, check out MoreToMusic.com. Find out how you could win $500 in Karaoke Idol. MoreToMusic.com. More to Music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage, MoreToMusic.com. M-O-O-R-E, the number two, M-U-S-I-C.com. MoreToMusic.com. When what you want is more than music, what you need is more to music. MoreToMusic.com.
Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Race Chat Live. We're having a bit of a technical difficulty. This is Mrs. Lee's first time producing, so please bear with us.
Are you ready? Your wedding day. A day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E 2 M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E 2 M-U-S-I-C. Also, moretomusic.com. More to music. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds, including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends. More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E, the number two, M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. Plus, check out moretomusic.com. Find out how you could win $500 in karaoke idol. Moretomusic.com. More to music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage, moretomusic.com. M-O-O-R-E, the number two, M-U-S-I-C.com. Moretomusic.com. When what you want is more than music, what you need is more to music. Moretomusic.com. Are we on? All righty. Welcome, everybody, to Race Chat Live. Sorry for the inconvenience. We are here. Craig Moore will be joining us here shortly. Uh, Chris is off tonight. He's off at a Dave Matthews Band concert tonight. So uh, thank you to our production manager, Miss Lee Reed, for... Stepping in as our producer for the night. And we got, we're going to try to get a little bit of a short show in tonight. We've got trucks and cup from Kansas this weekend or this past weekend. And then we'll have, um, we'll have a big discussion to talk about coming up at 830. And then Ashley Allen from Allen Racing will be coming on at the 9 o'clock hour or 8 o'clock hour, whichever time zone you live in, the second hour of the show. And then after that, we'll give our picks for Xfinity and trucks. Maybe if people want to throw in their Coke 600 picks for the cup side anyways, um, being that next Tuesday we are off. And we... We are getting ready as the All-Star break is coming up this weekend for the Cup Series, guys, anyways, over at Texas Motor Speedway. So we'll quickly wrap things in with the Truck Series from this past weekend at Kansas. Uh, Your Stage 1 winner was Corey Heim. Uh, Stage 2 winner was Zane Smith. And then your race winner was Zane Smith, Ty Majeski. Grant Enfinger, Chandler Smith, and Christian Eck is the top five. John Hunter Nemechek, Matt DiBettadetto, Derek Krause, 
Matt Crafton. I just said that man might be talking. And Ben rode the top ten for the truck series race at Kansas. See if we can spot some notables here. Craig, are you with us? Yeah, buddy. All right. So, Craig, we got two two races in this past weekend at Kansas. Trucks, um, from what I can tell, not a whole lot happened. I figured the trucks would have put an entertaining show and the cup would have been the snoozer, but it was the opposite way around. Yeah, um, the, the truck series was kind of like you could wake up and still see Zane Smith in at least 60 laps later. So, um he obviously had the dominant, excuse me, he obviously had the dominant truck, and uh, that, that showed because he ended up winning the race. Now, you actually had him picked for this week, did you not? I did, actually. And you're not even bragging. Well, still got a lot of points to make up. I'm Catching, I'm catching Mr. CJ for third, but there's still a decent point gap between third and the top two of you and uh, Miss Lee. You two are looking like they're going to have a dog fight, and Mr. CJ and I, I'm trying to I – I think I've had a bit of a slump after the first, like, three weeks. And maybe I That's all right. maybe I might be hitting maybe, – maybe I'm hitting a groove, but I don't want to push – I don't want to put myself on the – I don't want to get too far ahead. It's like Talladega. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself because you're going to get caught in the draft. Exactly. You're going to get caught by the draft. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch the cup race. I did watch a little bit of highlights. Um, It actually wasn't a bad race. And... um, it looked like Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick were about ready to walk away with it at one point. Uh, I think bad luck hit Tyler Reddick again. Um, Chastain was another strong performance. Kyle, Toyota's actually showed up this week. Um, well, Austin, Sindrick had a, Austin Sindrick had a well-performed race. Um, he didn't finish top 10 stage one, but at stage two, he was fourth and he finished just outside the top 10 for the most part. Um, he, I mean, Cindric after his win at Daytona, he's been a front runner to start the race, but hasn't put the pieces together to put together a strong race. And Kansas was actually a good one for him. Um, like I said, Toyota showed up, both Gibbs and uh, 23-11, obviously, with Kurt Busch winning. Uh, Brad Keselowski scored a top 15 finish. I'm quite shocked there, being that where he finished up, or where he's been going this year. Well, I'll tell you who shocked me was Bubba Wallace with his top 10 finish. Um, and it seems like He's either on or he's off. He's kind of like got the Denny Hamlin, the Denny Hamlin syndrome. He either runs good or he runs like crap. Now I will tell you that everybody's excited because Kurt. They say Kurt Busch is locked in. 
Nobody, I said this last night on DJ's show, nobody except for two people are locked into the playoffs so far. Do you know who they are? Uh, William Byron and Ross Chastain. That's it, because they each have two wins apiece. Nobody is a lock to get in. Um, pretty much, you're gonna have you're gonna have Chase Elliott in there. He's leading the points, even if they were to restart the point system uh, next week at Charlotte. He would be your leader based on uh, based well, on the stage regular- points. Yeah, the regular season points or the regular season, um, whoever sits on top of the point standings at the end of the regular season uh, guaranteed a playoff spot anyway. So right now you could you could say definitive two drivers are in, but on a realistic side, you're going to say three. Right. And we're going into week 13 into Coke 600. The 600 is the most grueling race. On the entire NASCAR schedule. Definitely. So, that's 400 laps. And I don't know if you've miles. ever taken a I don't know if you've ever taken a tour of a racetrack. I took a tour of Charlotte Motor Speedway back in 10 or 11. And uh, come to live with me. So, what was that? 10... No, it was longer than that. It was probably 07, 08, somewhere in around there. And those turns are banked steep. They're almost as steep as Daytona. And the G-forces that you get back and forth, back and forth, you know, that, that takes a toll on your body. So, you know, we could, we're going into week, 13 of the race season, we've had two people that have won twice. Everybody else has won once. People that you've not seen win yet are people like Kevin Harvick. Yeah, um, I want. Yeah, I was going to touch on that because on uh, the broadcast this past week, before the race started, they mentioned um, who has won this year. And then they also mentioned drivers who won last year but have not won yet. Kurt Busch obviously being one of them, but now he's a winner. Um, guys who won last year who are who haven't won yet is uh, Ryan Blaney is one of them. Truex is another. Uh, Kevin Harvick, as you mentioned. Christopher Bell. Um, uh, Eric Almarola is another one. Uh, Michael McDowell, but I wouldn't expect much of anything. He won on a super speedway race. Well, now that you say that, now that you say that, that could happen. I mean, it could happen anyway, but you probably gave him the right mojo to win now. Um, yes, yes. You know, it could have worked in reverse. But you know, it, it astounds me that we're here we are, we're 13 races in. We've had uh, 
I think that so, happened. I think that happened. This is the first time it's happened since. Oh God! Oh, what was it? I think it's the 2013 season. I did see that um, pop up somewhere on uh, Facebook, but I I want to say 2013, but I could be wrong. So I mean, it's just amazing in the fact that um, here we are. We're a third of the way through the. We're almost halfway through the regular season, a third of the way through the through the entire season. We've had 11 different winners, three people realistically are guaranteed to go to the, the, the Sweet 16 for NASCAR, and that's it. I mean, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting run to uh, race twenty six or race twenty five, I should say, uh, to get to race twenty six through thirty six. But you know, it's uh, Kurt Busch. Kudos to him. I said it last night. I kind of threw you under the bus and mentioned you last night and said how much you detested Kurt Busch's. Excuse me, Kurt Busch's paint scheme, or or vinyl wrap nowadays. Man did it. Kyle Larson. I want to know how that man got that loose. Smack the wall. This shows you the testament of this car, and was still able to come home. I think he came home in second place. Did he not? Yes, he did. And Kyle Larson, what a wheel man. He had the save of the race, literally. Smacked the wall twice. And I'm pretty sure one of those times was not the lightest of hits of the wall at all. And he ran second. Uh, it, I mean, that kind of shows props to, obviously, the next-gen car, but also the, the driver that Larson is. And I know some people are thinking, well, Larson's in a slump. In a way, he is, but I'm starting to think that he could be cooking up here now. I mean, you have to think last year. Um, you have to think last year. He got his win from, I'm not sure, I don't remember if it was Auto Club or Las Vegas. But he got that win, and then he wasn't winning for for a bit and then I mean, it was right around this time of the season the all-star break where he won, he won like what five six races in a row yeah he went on a tear last year and last then summer. so um so if larson can put races together like he did with kansas i i can believe that we might see something um exploit from larson but again I don't want to put. I don't want to go ahead and say, "Oh, he's going to do it again," because I don't think he will. But I, I do believe he will put together strong strings of performance, and uh, we could see a second win very soon for him, and lock himself in. Yeah. Now, real quick, going back to the Coke Six Hundred for next week, we're not going to be here. Chris has already given us his pick of Martin Truex Jr. for the Coke 600. 
Now, I hope he doesn't do what he did when he won it the first time, and that will stink up the show because um, that will really make for boring boring racing Memorial Day weekend. But uh, Chris's pick for the 600 is Martin Truex Jr., which would be good for which would be good for Toyota. It would be good for Joe Gibbs Racing, and he's in a contract year, I believe. So, you know, he might wanna. And I'm kind of shocked we're coming up on the All Star break. We don't have anything written in stone for for Candyman yet, um, as far as where he's going, what he's doing for next year. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is undecided. So, you know, these guys need strong performances. And that's not to say Kyle Busch really needs to race. He doesn't. He could, quote, unquote, retire, focus his sole energy on his truck team. He could retire from Cup, go to trucks, (laughs) and run there full-time and win a championship next year. Um. I think somebody will pick him up, and I I hope he stays with Joe Gibbs. I couldn't imagine him running for anybody else at this stage of his career, but, you know, it, it could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just uh, run- I'm letting – I want to let you guys know, Taz, I am running into a nasty, nasty storm. So if I lose you, it's not I hung up and I didn't want to talk anymore. As I'm running into a nasty storm, and so I, I want to apologize ahead of time. The one thing I do want to hit on when you mentioned Truex is with him and Kyle Busch, it's starting to make you think. Well, who's going to take over these rides and stuff? But, um. I I could see Truex maybe leaving over Kyle Busch only because of the age. Only because of age, I would say. I mean, Truex, at this point, has pretty much done it all in his career. Kyle Busch, on the other hand. I mean, it comes down to sponsorship, but I just don't see it. What don't you see? I don't don't see him staying with JGR unless some sponsor miraculously jumps in. And I really don't know who it could be. I know Nas Energy Drinks. I think that's how you say it. They sponsor his his truck series team. Do they not? They're an associate sponsor or whatever. Who is that? So they might be a... Nas energy drinks? Nah, I couldn't see that. I would say interstate batteries maybe, but I don't know how much they could go. Yeah, because they got out of full-time sponsorship years ago. So, And we don't have any full-time sponsors anymore. You know, not on a regular basis other than M&M Mars. Um... So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Team Team. I guarantee you that if Kyle leaves, Joe is going to put his spoiled little 
brat of a grandson in that car. I'm I'm still believing I could see John Hunter Nemechek move up to the Cup Series. I mean, he's got he's got a year experience, yes. And it may come as a surprise to people, but it shouldn't be a surprise being that he's ran in he's running in competitive equipment in the truck series and he's running it up front every race that they've had and he's won multiple times and he's i mean he's easily he's an easy pick nine times out of ten for the trucks each week so if you put him in a joe gibbs car he's gonna be competitive i mean he could he may have an a he may have a uh, slump period to get adjusted to the car, but once he gets used to it, you know he's going to be running up front. Okay, so now let me ask you, because I don't know the answer to this, and you may not either. Um, and I'm driving, so I can't see if Lee does. But how much – I mean, you're going from a truck to a car. Yeah, he's got some Xfinity experience, but – do they are they able to set up these simulators for cars and trucks, or are there simulators seemingly made for the truck series and for the cup and Xfinity series? Do you know the answer? So the simulator, so iRacing has basically just about any car you can think of for the most part. So they do have an updated version of the cup car, an updated version of the Xfinity, updated version of the truck. iRacing keeps up with as much as they can with as far as the car, a track, that type of deal. So with so when these guys use the simulators, they're gonna run whatever vehicle that they really run in. So for John Hunter, if you were if he wants to prep for say Texas this weekend for example for the truck race he's going to go on to iRacing and get and run in the truck on iRacing and run it there if he's going to run the Xfinity he's going to get hop into the simulator and do the Xfinity car same with the cup okay alright yeah I wasn't quite sure how that works so alright so now while we're on the subject of JGR We all know that JTR is struggling as a team this year. More importantly, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, yeah, he has one win, but the ebbs and flows of his season are good one week, trash the next. So I fully expect him to run like crap at the All-Star race and then be a house of fire in the 600. I'm not saying I'm picking him, so just slow your roll. Here is my question, and and CJ brought it up to me while I stopped over at his show last night talk with him for a little bit. He said to me, okay, Craig, you put yourself in Joe Gibbs' shoes. You got a driver who's struggling. He's got more ups and downs than, you know, than he should have normally. 
he has a car. Your driver now has a team of his own. Is he more concerned with the team of his own than he is the car he's currently driving? And if you were Joe Gibbs, would you be upset about that? Now, I will tell you my take, and then I would love to listen to yours. And if we get, if Miss Lee chimes in, um, yeah, that's probably Ashley Early. Um, so here's my question. Here's my answer. Do I think Joe Gibbs is upset? Yes and no. Yes, because the, the 11 team is struggling. Three eleven cars. I don't care what anybody says. Are the fifth and sixth Joe Gibbs racing cars? I don't care what the nameplate says. I don't care who the owners are listed. Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan are listed as the owners. You following me? I'm getting you. Okay. Should Joe Gibbs be upset? Should the coach be upset? Yes. Is he? Probably not, because I'm sure that the coach is getting a kickback of winning every month because of the technical, quote-unquote, alliance that 2311 has the JGR. I'll let you answer that, and then I'll give you the other question that CJ asked me last night to correlate with that one. So go ahead, Ted. So, JGR, if I were Gibbs, I would be, I would be like you said, yes and no. And the reason why for yes is because he has to view Denny Hamlin as a driver. And it, I don't necessarily think it's all all these issues are Denny Hamlin's fault. So I wouldn't necessarily say he's – you can't be entirely mad at him. You've got to be mad somewhere down the line that isn't just the driver. Because if it's more mechanical, technical type deal, then you got to look at the crew and figure out what the heck is going on. As far as – Gibbs Gibbs got to look at it from an owner's perspective. He can't be mad because Denny Hamlin is obviously an owner himself. So when you're when you're a car owner and your car wins, then you got to be excited. So Gibbs can't be mad at Denny for being excited that his car won. So I wouldn't say he's. I can't say he's going to be entirely mad at Denny. But if he is, it's going to be from the driver's perspective. But I don't believe that all of these issues that Hamlin is having is all falling onto Hamlin. Hamlin can only no, – Hamlin basically drives the car. So unless Hamlin makes a bonehead move of his own, then it's got to be somewhere in the crew side of things. Okay. So – DJ followed that up with me last night. I'll follow it up with you as to say, 
Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time basketball player. The greatest of all time. I know some people will disagree and say that Kobe is right up there or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. But modern era bas- era basketball, Michael Jordan is the GOAT, just like in quarterbacks. Modern era GOAT for quarterbacks is the Mr. Deflategate, Mr. Tom Brady. He's the GOAT when it comes to football. To me last night, when do you think Michael Jordan will say, all right, I've had enough of this technical alliance. And I want to venture out on my own. And I said, well, I said, it's funny you say that because I listened to Denny Hamlin this morning, which was yesterday, on um, with Daniel Trotta and Larry McReynolds. I forget the name of their show. On Cirrus. And Denny said that they had a five-year plan when they put this team together. They're in year one and a third, I think is what they said. And they're right. Of course, Michael thought that they would be closer because of bringing Bubba on and his raw talent. And but that's not necessarily the case. But they're close to where they want to be. They're going to revisit it at the end of 2022. That's a heck of a lightning bolt. Um, I said, CJ. Think about it. Michael's not dumb. He knows He knows that they're getting a technical alliance from JGR, and he's benefiting from it. Michael's big on teammates. Basketball, there's no, no high in team. He knows that in order to have a successful team, he's got to have people around him that know what they're doing. Denny knows what he's doing. Coach Gibbs knows what he's doing. And everybody thought Coach Gibbs was crazy when he started the NASCAR Cup team. And I believe it was 90, 91. Um, so I don't, I think that I said that what I said to CJ was that he's got to win a championship. I think in order for him to, um, going to need to bring a champion. Somebody's going to need to bring a championship for 23-11 within the next three and a half years, and then they can visit that. Now I want to hear what you have to say. I don't think championship... I, I don't think championship is necessarily needed to say we're going to walk away from JGR, and I'm going to use a great example of this. And you may think this is a bad example because I, I can see it as it can be, but I think this is more of a better better example. Look at Trackhouse last year. They are basically as old as 2311, are they not? Yeah. So last year, so last year Trackhouse in 2311, new teams have one car on their team. This year, they both expanded to two cars. Last year, obviously last year, um, obviously 2311, they still are, are aligned with Gibbs. Trackhouse last year, they were aligned with 
a nasty buck. I could be wrong on that end of the spectrum. They were still aligned with somebody. When Track House got more sponsors coming in, and then Ganassi was leaving, and they took the opportunity to get the Ganassi shop and equipment. I think it basically comes down to money and how much do you believe in your team. So if Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin not only have the the, fi- the finances and sponsorships to be there to leave JGR, I think they will do it. Obviously, performances have to be there. And Trackhouse had it. Trackhouse had it last year for being a brand-new team and nearly making the playoffs with just one driver. And the sponsorships and money that was coming in, I think they, and obviously with the move of getting the Ganassi shop and the Ganassi equipment and not really relying on somebody, I think that helped them. And I think that if 2311 can look at what Trackhouse did, I think they're gonna they're gonna go. They're gonna they're gonna be a lot better. And I'm not saying Here's that Gibbs is holding them I'm not saying that Gibbs is holding them back. I'm just saying I think they could do a lot better than what they already are doing. All right. So I'm gonna tell you because I, I somewhat agree with you. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna chime in for Miss Lee because I'm now parked for a minute. She says, and I quote, yeah, it's a concern to coach. Should he keep pumping money into Denny Hamlin? Yes, it's a JGR team, but let Denny go be an owner if he isn't going to produce as a driver. I agree. I think I think his I think his focus is split between the two. And he kind of said it in the interview. He got a chance to watch Kurt Busch from about 20 car lengths back take the checkered flag and how excited he was. Now, I can't speak for Dale Earnhardt, but I can only imagine that was the same excitement when Mikey tone a 500 or when Dale Jr. did it in his inaugural race in Texas. Um, You know, You know, he knew that Mikey was going to win the 500, even though, you know, that happened to be his 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 final race. But he knew that that was going to happen. So if Denny is too worried about what's going on at 2311, and he doesn't have he doesn't have the um, ability or wherewithal. To constant, you can't fully concentrate on both. You can't give a hundred percent commitment if he doesn't have the people in place to take care of it while he's on the track running. Then maybe him and coach need to sit down, and they need to find another driver for the eleven car. I mean, that's just my, that's just my, uh, that's my thought process. Well, we should need. Well, we need to look at the whole Toyota camp as a whole, not just GGR, not just twenty three eleven, but entirely as a whole. 
And the reason why I say it entirely as a whole, because now you have to look lower into the series because now you're going to have, now you have Truex who's basically going to retire. I mean, if, if he hasn't planned on it, it's coming. Kyle Busch, on the other hand, we don't know if he's leaving JGR. We don't know if he's staying. He's left it so open that it's a hot topic of the last couple of weeks. And some people are still talking about it. So now you have to think, okay, two cars for GG, for Gibbs are open. The question is going to be who's going to step in. Toyota had so many so many uh, drivers throughout their whole entire program that they all that they had nowhere to put them at one point, and they and all those Toyota drivers ended up going somewhere else. And now Toyota's at a point where you can only move drivers to a certain aspect before screwing your own teams. And you have to look at it from not only on the cup side, but you have to look from Xfinity and trucks. And you've got guys in ARCA that want to move up higher, but if you're keeping guys in the cup level, then you're not helping your Xfinity program because you're keeping guys who are ready to go up but can't go anywhere. If Now, when you do that, you're preventing guys from the truck series who are trying to move up but can't go anywhere because you're holding up. And then now you're holding up the Archer guys. Well, I'm starting to think Toyota might be struggling because you're holding up all these guys, but not. But when you did, you lost a, you lost a bunch of them. Now you got to get some of them back because you got two guys that could be leaving at the end of this year, possibly three very shortly because of Hamlin. Well, I I'm going to chime in on what Miss Lee just said. She said Toyota Racing Development has a deep pool of drivers. Um, they probably have the biggest developmental driver program out there, starting with ARCA. So they've got a vast array of drivers they can choose from. Um, so it I could very well view, be. I think my thing with Toyota right now is that they're either holding drivers up and just losing drivers because their guys are ready to move up, but they're being held back because of certain reasons. Well, where are they going to put them? They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna run out. They're going to start scratching their heads and be like, what do we do? Because we're losing drivers, but we need them. So, it's, so I mean, you, they really need to look at the cup level first. And this is where Gibbs and Denny Hamlin need to sit down and say, okay, this is our next step of the program here. You have Bubba Wallace, who's obviously going to stay in NASCAR for a little while because, I mean, he's going to have the sponsorship money behind him. He's in, I guess you could say, somewhat competitive equipment. I can't really say... I can't really fully say it's top-notch fast equipment because I don't think it is. Because let's let's be honest, Gibbs ain't going to give Denny Hamlin twenty three eleven all the tools in the shed. No. So, 
And Kurt Busch, while he did win this past weekend, his age is going to reflect on him at some point, if it hasn't already. So they're going to... But you know that Toyota's going to keep any certain of these drivers. Now, if you look at the Xfinity program, if I don't... Oh, you got Ty Gibbs, who I personally believe needs to stay in Xfinity for at least another year after this year. I'd say another two. Brandon Jones, I don't know. I don't see him being cup-worthy. He hasn't shown enough in the Xfinity side to me. And then I'm not fully sure who else on the Xfinity program off the top of my head right now. Um, I, but I know on the truck side, you got John Hunter Nemechek, who's got cup experience with running with front row. He, this is his second year in trucks. And he's basically done the same thing he did last year, being a dominant driver, a force to be reckoned with. I'm trying to think. You also have um, you have Derek Krause, who who's a who went from ARCA, then has been running trucks. But I would like to see more out of Derek Krause before you try to push him forward. In my honest opinion, let's see. You have. I mean, if Toyota wants to stick with Trevor Bain, I would say put him in Xfinity and competitive equipment full-time, see what he does. Drew Dollar's not a bad talent, but I think he just needs seat time. Um, it's just they got to map this out better because they at one point had so much, so much talent and then they just lost them because he had nowhere to put him because Gibbs at Gibbs at the cup level was doing so freaking great with the four drivers they have. Now they're struggling, and now they're at the point where where do we go if we lose two, maybe three drivers within the next like five years? I'm hoping we didn't lose Craig here. I think we might have. Yep, we did. All right. Well, we lost Craig for a minute. Hopefully he gets back on Zoom. I know he's got he's dealing with uh with a bad storm, it looks like. Well we have I wanna look at the NASCAR truck side for the Toyota camp because again you have to look at where the talent pools come from to replace your cup veterans that are maybe leaving Gibbs camp. And we'll take a quick look. I mean, you got truck guys that are, that will probably sit at trucks, but I mean, John Hunter Nemechek, as I mentioned earlier, Chandler Smith is another young talent that could move up the ranks as long as he, you know, does well. Corey Himes, another one, if I haven't mentioned him already. Uh, Ty Majeski, I believe sponsorship dollars is what's holding him back, unfortunately. 
Christian Eckes, he's a great talent if they can move him up when he's ready to go. So there's, I think they have a number of drivers and just believe it's got to be timing. And while we have a few minutes before, hopefully Craig comes back on soon because at the top of the, in about seven minutes, we'll be joined by Ashley Allen of Allen Racing to talk about their 2022 uh, season so far and what the plans are for the rest of the year. We will go over our sponsors and where to listen to us. So if you listen to the show this far, I want to say thank you to listening along here on Blog Talk Radio on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. And if you miss us live, well, there's plenty of other platforms you can catch us on. Where can you catch us on? You can catch us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, uh, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, YouTube, and of course, Blog Talk Radio. And thank you to our sponsors for the 110 Nation Radio Network, Phoenix Fitness, Bear Bowl Marketing Group, and Carolina Sports Plus. Again, we'll be joined by Ashley Allen here soon. This is we got we've had a lot to talk about tonight and uh again we'll be off next Tuesday being that the cup guys are in the all star break and we kinda need a break ourselves to kind of re regroup and gather some thoughts of what of how the shows have been going so far this year and uh make things better for you for you the fans and also better for ourselves over the 110 Nation Radio Network. And Miss Lee, why don't you run uh, Craig's little ad there, and then we'll pop in with Ashley to get our guest interview started. So, again, thank you for listening to Race Chat Live. Are you ready? Your wedding day, a day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a -a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. Also, more to music.com. More to music. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds, including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends. More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E, the number two, M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. 
Plus, check out more2music.com. Find out how you could win $500 in karaoke idol. More2music.com. More to music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage, more2music.com. M O O R E, the number 2, M U S I C.com. More2music.com. When what you want is more than music, what you need is more to music. More2music.com. Alrighty, Race Chat Live fans, we're back here, and we'll be joining in with our guest this week from Allen Racing. It is Ashley Allen. Ashley, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Oh, we're doing all right. We had Craig at one point, and then uh, he ran into into some bad weather, so hopefully he's not in it for too long so he can jump jump right in with us. Yeah, I, I I heard him say that he had some bad weather down there. I mean, at least so far up here, we're not having that today. <laughs> That's right. So, last year you guys ran um, the WCRS and semi-pro division, and this year, obviously, you got the championship success to move up in that class and such. And what? What were the plans going into the season? What changes have you guys made from the winter break? Well, obviously, so this year what we had to move up to is what they call the the pro class um, for the wing champ. So last year we switched chassis, which helped out a lot. We ended up keeping that chassis for this year. Um, The only changes we really, you know, made was we found – um, a different motor builder and it seems to be working. Um, I mean, we've had solid finishes so far this year. I haven't got a win yet, but we've only had three races. Now we're now has, has the team expanded any, have there been any driver lineup changes with you guys? Um, I know you guys were running heavy tire a bit last year. So we now have five heavy tire carts, um, and we added a new driver in our other wing champ for the semi-pro division. Um, her name is Alana Lavoie, and so far she has been doing really well on that. And the heavy tires we added, um, we have my stepson, Ethan, and then my fiance Rob. And um, his friend Cody runs one when he can, and he's already got a win this season for us. And then uh, Jimmy Johnson Jr. Uh, gave us a couple of carts. And so whenever he wants to come run or if he has somebody, you know, that comes down and runs for him. So it's it's a whole uh, slew of carts that come out of our trailer when we get to the racetrack. Awesome deal. Awesome deal. Now, you ran Corogo Weekly last year and we're considering running a track um, I believe Dodge as well, but it got to be much of a hassle. Is that the same plan this year, or is there different plans this time around? Um, as of this moment, right now we're we're running Kroger mainly because I'll be honest, it's two minutes right down the road, and with fuel prices right now, it's it's a lot to take the trailer, you know, places. But we will be going to to Dodge a few times this year, not only for WCRS, but you know to keep trying out other tracks we have plans of trying to make it to turkey trot and um 
you know, I do, I also do have a clone cart and we said, depending on the tracks and how things go, we might be taking trips to, you know, Weedsport or a few other tracks around New York to try to hit some money races with that. Awesome. And now is that only for now with the wing champ stuff, is that only for you along with the flat cart or is Alana going to be traveling with you guys as well? Um, hopefully Alana will be able to travel with us as well. Um, you know, I do know that she, she also shows horses. So sometimes her horse shows may get in the way, but she also, she lives in Connecticut. So they travel weekly three hours to come to our house and to make sure that the carts are in tip top shape before we even get to the racetrack. And where they're out in the garage, 6 a.m. Saturday mornings to make sure everything is set so we can hit the track by 11. Oh, wow. That's that's quite the travels there. <laughs> um, now, there have been – there's a post that I saw the other day of a sportsman car. Is there any news that we can leak out for that sports or sportsman modified car that we got going on? Yes, so we decided to, uh, you know, to go to big car next year. We're going to work to get limited sportsmen going for next year. Um, We're trying, you know, it may be out a few times this year. It all depends on, uh, you know, if we can get things lined up to get it together this year. I mean, we have a few friends who have been helping us out tremendously to try to get it together. Bob Roback, who races limited sportsmen himself right now, has been – grabbing us parts left and right and parts that he had left over so we can try to hit the track a few times, hopefully at Fonda this year. And, um, yeah, my fiancé is a tire guy, so he, uh, you know, he's just been saying, oh, hey, come grab my tires and we, you know, and we'll find you more parts. (laughs) So, is there any, so besides running um, weekly, is there any, um, and of course, a couple money races, is there any serious races you guys are planning on, regardless if it's local, maybe a travel if you've planned on it, is, or is that kind of play-by-ear type deal? <laughs> Rob goes, no, we play by fuel price right now. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, where as of right now, there is a race. It's in September, so we do have a little, you know, ways before we decide whether we're officially going to make that trip or not. It's to Action Park, which I believe is about three hours away from us. Um, and that will be also for Heavy Tire in the, and the Wing Champs to go to. I've never been there before, but, it, you know, we're willing to try it out. Just hopefully by then, you know, diesel prices are not $8 a gallon and they're down a little bit less than what they are right now. Now, what? Now, from the successes of last year and moving up to this year, have there been any besides, like maybe driver skill? Has there been much of changes in terms of um, how your race last year to this year? Is any sort of challenges at all that may have come about that you didn't really see last year? Um, you know, I just this year it's been hard because we've been mostly day racing so when it was night racing it it was it's completely different track surface so 
you know, this year I've just noticed that, um, you know, you're, you're right, driver's skill, and you got to be a little bit more aggressive at times, and I'm not always that aggressive driver when I should be. And um, that's I, I've just noticed that I, I probably should uh, just kind of put my nose in so I can make that pass instead of letting that other person have the spot in front of me. And that's what kind of costed us uh, a couple of wins this year. But hopefully we'll get there within the next few weeks. All right. And for now, as a driver, and obviously um, I have seen it from a flag person's perspective and also a race fan as well, can you explain to maybe some of the drivers out there who are just starting to learn or maybe to some of the fans listening along trying to understand with like dirt track racing or maybe even asphalt racing, for example, the, what's the toughest challenge to try to maintain when you're racing like during the day like you are with Kroger this year versus when you race day at Dodge where they race at nighttime? I know it's two different tracks, but – can you kind of help explain to them like what the challenges could be, what the difference um, the track could do and such like that? So the biggest thing in carts for us, the challenges from night to day is tires. Uh, it's you can't, what you do for nighttime with your tires, you can't do for daytime and vice versa. Uh, daytime. It's also, it's, it's dusty. It's slick. You you have to just prepare for the for a completely different type of track where nighttime your car usually just sticks to the track so you don't have to worry about whether you're going to be loose coming into that corner most of the time you have to worry about if you're going to be tight and not turn it's just it's completely different in ways like this year it's almost like a whole new ball game for us to know hey okay so we can't pull that set of tires out because those were our nighttime tires we have to go dig in the pile and try to find some daytime tires that we may not have run the past two years so it's it's just been a it's been a hard game trying to figure it all out but that's the biggest thing and it's not just us it's for other tracks or and other tracks sorry for other uh racers as well to try to say hey we've raced nights now it's it's what do we do for daytime but i I hopefully you know we'll get there and be able to get some night racing in too as well this year all right now now we got a couple we have a few questions that just came in from our production manager who's our fill-in producer tonight uh miss lee reed she asked you're you're driving full time and now in which series and as well as being a team owner, how do you balance wearing the different hats of a driver and a team owner? So the series that I race for is it's the Wing Camp Racing Series. It's a non for profit series that they we choose a local um child that has cancer, so everything that would that would profit goes directly back out to that child's family and uh so being a ra- being a full-time racer and trying to be a team owner at the same time normally at the track i you know I, i'm just the racer and when we're home is when i discuss with somebody what 
they need to do better, what we all need to work on. Rob at the track is usually the one who says, okay, you know, will you hit the gas pedal a little bit harder, you know, or don't do this because you can't, you know, it's usually he, him at the track is the one we all have to listen to, but he also is the one who does all the work on our carts, so we have to listen to him. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it gets difficult to say to, you know, even, I'll be honest to my stepson at once, sometimes you have to say to him, like, hey, you know, why did you do that? Why did you, you spin that person out? And you have to tell him, like, listen, we don't race like that. That's how somebody's going to get hurt. Because when, you know, if they say, well, you just spun that person out, well, that's not the same thing. But into their eyes, it, it can be. Now, how how does how do you as a team per se try to manage how to keep um, not only from a driver but also team owner perspective? It's probably going to be the same answer as well. But she but Miss Lee also wants to know how do you manage between like different series or running weekly um, at a track just on a normal like Friday or Saturday. So what I do, honestly, is I will go through and figure out where we want to race that month ahead of time so we know as a team, okay, we're going to go to Dodge, you know, this day in June, uh, and we all can plan that that's where we're going. Um, As of right now, like I said, Kroger is a weekly basis, and the schedules that are able to be put out, we can plan ahead to say, okay, so these are are the WCRS series races, um, and those are the races that we're going to. And, um, you know, and and this year that they they introduced the heavy tire class for that series, so it'll be, you know, nice to see all of us again at running at Dodge. And I've never seen the heavy tires run at Dodge, so it'll be something to – new for us to experience and enjoy together, or I should say hopefully enjoy together and have a good night while we're there. Um, We can't always race together at the same track. Like if we go to Dodge, they don't run the heavy tires every week. So it's it's something that we don't do all the time just because we enjoy the kids racing, even though I race as well. Okay. And now, obviously you run different carts and have ran different tracks. Um, is there, do you like have a notebook in my, do you have like, have like a notebook on the side that kind of says, okay, we ran this setup at this track or we have this set in stone for when the track is at these conditions. How do you, how do you guys um, as a whole, able to maintain all the carts and remember what setups do you run on each cart? So what you said about a notebook, exactly right. We have a notebook that's in the trailer that it's for stuff for us to, to look back on, to, you know, like you said, to say, okay, so we ran this, this time when we were there. Um, and also, you know, it, it's got everything in it that we have for the champs. Um, the heavy tire carts we don't have to write down so much other than, you know, like we maybe this year when we do go to Dodge, uh, they're going to write down what tire pressures and stuff that they use there and what gear works at Dodge versus and what would work at Kroger. 
All right. And now, is now who do you have to think in terms of like maybe sponsors or anybody else that may have helped you get to where where you guys are as a team um, in terms of regardless if it's racing weekly or helping you get to different tracks to help you run the to help you race in the series. Well, first and foremost, I have to thank my fiance, Rob, because I'll be honest, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be making it to any racetrack at any given week because he's, as soon as he gets a chance, he's out in that garage working on all of the carts, making sure everything is ready. Um, I also have to thank Walt and Laura for when they come up, they also make sure, you know, that everything is done and set and ready. And Laura also helps make sure that we have food on Friday nights for when we're out in the garage till midnight. Uh, Sponsor-wise, of course, we have Wagon Train, Barbecue, Granny's Ice Cream, Paul's Lawn and Landscaping, Atomic Trucking Equipment, Mud Road Sugar House, uh, and, of course, Craig with Morty Music. And, um, you know, it's just been a great year so far. I mean, hopefully we get better this year and have more solid finishes. But, it's like I said, it's a, we're only a few weeks in, so... Hopefully, we'll get a turnaround. Awesome, awesome. And now, I just had a question. I just lost it. Now, that's awesome. Now, so, Kuroga's the deal. Dodge is on the backhand. Action Park, you said, was a one-time deal. Now, is there anything in terms of, now, with the cart of, Carding world, how is it now? People always see the payouts for like the big cars and um, say like obviously like the big NASCAR and the World of Outlaws. They always see the payouts, and people always seem to miss like sometimes the payouts and how the atmosphere is in the carding world. Can you elaborate like how carding business kind of works in terms of like maybe the payouts? or maybe how the atmosphere kind of is between um, how everybody is what come race day and maybe like during the week when you guys aren't racing that kind of day. So for payout wise for cardings, most tracks actually pay out uh, like 50% of your entry fees with how many carts are in your class. Sometimes, you know, we do have where we race, for 500 to 1,000, sometimes more. And, um, it's, it, but we don't get paid like you would see in the bigger cars for taking the green. We usually get paid for the top three. But we, you know, we also, I can't say money-wise for what we spend um, isn't as much as a big car because we have a lot of carts. But if you have only one cart, it's not as much as, what you would spend to go say race fond or any of that but family atmosphere wise i we just we love a whole different world after the races we get to you know sit and talk and chat and hang out people come to our trailers and hang out uh we have during the week people always you know are, are asking us if we if we have things or how can we make it better it's and we'll tell you we have no problem sharing what we what our knowledge is of carding because we just love to make sure that everybody is also out there having fun 
And, um, you know, like I said, during the week, our friends come here from Connecticut. They, they stay right at our house. It's, it's a blast and we can't, you know, have any more fun than having our friends from racing sleep right in our living room. And, um, you know, and going big car, we, it's just, it's a whole new experience for us. We get to go to Fonda just about weekly to, uh, start learning that whole new experience. And at first last year, I think I did say that it wasn't the family atmosphere that it wasn't parting, but being with the people that you know and are giving you the knowledge of what to do with your car, it's, it's just about the same atmosphere being there. So it's turning into where you have one big, huge family And that's what we love about racing, the extended family part about it. I mean, that's one thing I think um, racing as a whole um, is kind of missing in terms of that. I think if they take a – you can probably agree or disagree with me that I think that racing as a whole, regardless of how – small your team is or how big your team is or how high of a level you're running or whatnot. I think if people take away from the kart race, learn from some of the things from the kart racing world that um, they have, you have to remember that not everything's all about the money in the money in your pocket or when your visor comes on, you know, you forget about everything. Exactly. um, Now, is there anything, um, where can people find uh, you and be up to date on the race team? So um, we're on Facebook. We have our Allen Racing Facebook page. So I try to, I'll be honest, I'm not always the one to keep up to date on it as I'm the one who runs it. So sometimes, you know, I get, I get busy. We do have two toddlers as well. So it keeps, us very busy along with racing but you can also find us on facebook my name is under ashley allen and um or my fiance rob allen and um you know we're we're there we'll both answer any questions he's not always good about responding sometimes but you know uh i try to make him respond to if somebody has any questions and anybody who wants (laughs) to learn about carting feel free to you know, to let us know we're willing to, to share and, you know, give out things and to make it so that way the carding is going to go back up. I mean, for right now, it seems like it's kind of dying out almost, you could almost say, but it's not, I think a lot of it has to do with the pricing of everything. It's just, it's very expensive. And like you said, we, whether you're big or small, it doesn't matter. I mean, we are a smaller race team, but we try to make everything work and, you know, make it as safe as possible for us to be out there. If a cart wasn't safe, nobody would be racing it. That is very true. Very, very true that per se. Um, Now, how does a, how does a driver, um, how does a driver, and team owners such as yourself um, try to help promote local racing. I, I, obviously, you're not like the promoter, but how can one help promote local racing and have people come out more to their local tracks? Myself, I 
I guess, you know, to promote the local racing, I always try to help our, our local tracks and say where we're racing at and, you know, come visit us, come to this track, see what it's about, learn about what the racing is. Um, we do get to go do a few little shows that a couple of our places are sponsor, and we have families that ask and we share where we race at, of course, and, you know, what we do. And if people ask, you know, how much it costs and stuff and, you know, we're not we're not gonna lie, racing is, is expensive, but uh you know, so is almost any other sport that your child wants to get into. And just try to explain like where you know, what you can do at your local track and and uh learn that each track is different in itself but you will find, you know, your the track that you belong to and I'll be honest, we've, I've been at one track since I was three years old, and we still go there, it, it, even though it's changed hands many times where we feel at home. All right, Ashley. I, I, it was great talking to you. Great to hear the updates of what's been going on. I hope the success keeps going. Eventually that checker flag will fall onto you. Um, and the rest of the team there. Um, want to thank you for coming on. I wish we had Craig here to kind of uh, have another person to talk to at times, but uh, it was great talking to you, great having an interview, and I appreciate the time uh, taken out of your schedule to join us. And No problem. Hopefully we'll see you at a at the track sometime. I'm not sure if you're planning on going out to any of them, but I know you have a new little baby, so I'm sure she's keeping you busy. <laughs> oh, she sure is. And uh I know I'll be hitting I'll be hitting up Dodge in a couple of weeks with the uh NYCKS. Um I'll be flagging with them this year and I know we got a date at Caroga in September this year as well. And I know Action Parks at, um is on the schedule too. Yes, yeah, we may hit. I'll be. We may hit a couple of their of their races. It's just, you know, in all honesty, right now gas prices. It's so we're going to be honest. Being a small race team, we it's depending on uh, on that with uh, you know what's in our pocket. Depends on where we're going and how much we're racing. Oh, definitely, that's for sure. So um, again, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully I catch you, uh, you guys very soon at wherever I ended up catching you guys at. And uh, thank you again for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, folks. That was Ashley Allen of Allen Racing. Again, thank you to her for coming on and taking some time out of her own schedule to Join us on Race Chat Live to give us an update of what's been going on in their off season, what they plan on doing for the rest of the year. And uh, we'll be right back with a we're gonna play a little bit of an interlude, get ourselves together, and uh, try to wrap things up for the rest of the night and end the show a little early.
right, Race Chat Live fans. If you've gotten to this part of the show, thank you for sticking out as long as you have. We're going to try to end the show a little early tonight, being that uh, this week the Cup Series is on an all-star break. We also need a break as well. So, again, if you've listened to this part of the show, thank you so very much here on Blog Talk Radio with the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. We're going to get into our picks for this week. We don't really have a Cup Series pick to really say this week there on the all-star break. I know um, – I know Chris has told us who his Coke 600 pick is, so if we all feel comfortable giving our Coke 600 pick for next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, um, go right ahead and do it. So I'll save mine, but we will post our picks um, for the Coke 600 weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Um, We're going to try to post them on Tuesday. If we don't get them posted on Tuesday, well, we normally post it the day of the race, usually the morning of. And um, this weekend, we're at Texas. The Cup uh, Series is on a break, as I said earlier. They have the All-Star Race on Sunday. And then we have the Trucks and Xfinity running a regular point series races this weekend as well. And our own Chris Creighton, who's a co-host of mine, um, he's not on tonight, being that he's enjoying the Dave Matthews Band with his wife, um, enjoying that concert. He did pick for the truck series this weekend at Texas, Ryan Priest. Um, that's a really good, solid pick there. Uh, for the Xfinity side, he has picked none other than Ty Gibbs, as a matter of fact. And Ty Gibbs, while he's been a front runner, even though he's a, we're not a big fan of him at all, but. He's our uh, he's the pick for Chris, and I know Chris has been trying to get any little point he can, being that he's in the back of the back of the pack and holding well. But Chris, Chris is trying to do anything he can to catch to the rest of us. As for my picks, um, since I'm next, and then Mr. CJ's picks are next up for the order. Um, I'm going to save my Coke 600 pick because I'm not sure who I feel will have momentum. I think Texas could be a, I guess, a small little preview of what we could see. Um, being at Texas and Charlotte are ideal, uh, the same style track, even though the bankings are different and such. Um, I'm going to save for the truck side. Um, I did go well with Zane Smith. I want to pick him again to get win number four, but I'm actually not. I'm going to swing on the on the fence and go John Hunter Nemechek for mm. the truck series this weekend. And as far as the Xfinity pick, um, he's he's been doing very well this year. He was second. Um, in the last Xfinity race at Darlington, and I believe he will get the job done at Texas here. So I'm going to go Noah Gregson as my Xfinity Series pick. And Miss Lee, I don't know if you're on right now, but do you have Mr. CJ's pick for the weekend? Can you hear me? I sure can. All right. 
Well, I do have Jason's picks here. And Jason has done, gone with Ben Rhodes for the Truck Series and your pick, Noah Gregson, for the Xfinity Series. Wow. All righty then. And, that, and did he mention a Coke 600 pick, or is he going to keep that one quiet for now? Yeah. No, he did not mention that. And I'm not going to pick a Coke 600 winner yet. I'm going to save that to post on uh Race Chat Live's Facebook page on Monday or Tuesday of next week. All right. Awesome. And uh, while we got you there, you're next in line for the picks for the weekend. Yes, I am. And I am going with my favorite, John Hunter Nemechek, for the truck. And <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. Well, not so much out on a limb, but I'm picking A.J. Allmendinger for the Xfinity Series. All righty, A.J. Allmendinger, not a bad pick at all. Not at all. Craig? No, it's not. He's proven himself to be able to win on a variety of tracks, so I feel pretty secure in that pick. I, uh, he was, he was one I was eyeballing, but he's got, he's, he's got the talent to do it. He, I don't have any doubt in him. Uh, I'm, I am kind of a little surprised he hasn't been as a strong contender as he was last year. No, last year he came out swinging kind of like how Kyle Larson did, but this year he's been a little bit more on the quiet side. I yeah, and he's had, a, he's had a little bit of bad luck along the way, too, but, you know, everybody does. Sure enough. And uh, we were hoping to get Craig's picks in, but it looks like the weather is beating them out still. And so, unfortunately, we I won't don't, get his. Yeah, I don't recall him uh, letting us know his picks earlier if he did or not. Yeah, I did not see his picks at all either. Um, I do want to touch on a fan question that was sent to us late last night. However, Absolutely. I got to see where. And that is your, that is your real um, house, so you pick it over. <laughs> Alrighty, so our fan question uh, goes as follows. I do not. I do want to ask about the motions associated with flagging a race. You gave me two. Looks like there are a few more. The flagger was holding two flags and twirling them above his head like helicopter blades. Another time simultaneously hitting two flags down like a drum. Was that two laps to go? Other times just waving one flag or doing a figure eight with it another lap, waving it up high and then dropping it down. Just a brief explanation if Taz or you, Chris, can, was pretty interesting to watch. Now, for the, for the, as us flaggers, we like to get animated, and that's how we get uh, kids or um, aspiring young adults trying to get into flagging, per se, because while a flagger is important to have, um, obviously direct the race, 
um, tell the drivers, you know, there's that there's a yellow hour, how many laps they have left and such. The fun part for a flagger, the flagger's got to have some fun too, and they got to get animated with it. And how do how can we inspire um, the next generation to come up and take over when can't we basically can't flag anymore? Well, the when the flagger. So when you see the flagger, you know, twirling the sticks in the air like helicopter blades, that's just him getting animated and him getting into feeling his rhythm, per se. And, you know, it's some, it's also eyeball catching for the fans, too. And as far as the um, – when the flagger crosses two flags together like an X, per se, that usually means the ha- you're a ha- at the halfway point of the race. So whenever you see a flagger do that, it just means you're halfway through the race. It lets the drivers know. Um, obviously, the fans, if they can't keep track of laps, which sometimes it's hard. Uh, even as a flagger, sometimes it can, it can be hard, which is why we have uh, we have scores or somebody like that to help us keep in track of the lap count and stuff. But that usually that does mean halfway. Now, when you see a driver, when you hear the announcer say, um, sometimes they'll say the flagger is waving at the field. That usually means what they mean is that the flagger is waving five laps to go. Or you'll see them do two hands. um, That usually means 10 laps to go. So when you hear the announcer say flagger waving at the field or whatnot, that usually means there's 10 laps to go or five laps to go. And then in terms of the two sticks, um, like they're beating down on a drum pretty much, um, that does signal two laps to go. And, of course, the white flag, meaning one lap to go, regardless if it's under yellow. Usually when under yellow, if you see a flagger, um, wave the white flag that's usually one lap before green. It lets the drivers know they're going green next time by. If you see the white flag obviously going during the race, it usually means one lap left in the race. And of course, checkered, you know, ends it all. Uh, sometimes the flaggers leaving some flaggers like uh, Joe Chris per se. Um, I know I do it at some of the races I flag at. If I'm on the flag stand, <clears throat> um, we'll wave two green flags. That, but that usually pertains to the feature event. Um, but, and then of course, one of the big, and of course, this is a big flaggers deal. It's not any one, um, flagger in particular. You'll see this a lot. Um, no matter what track you watch, um, you'll see one checker flag be waved like during a heat race or something. And then usually in the feature, when the race is over, you'll see two checker flags come out as double checkers. That's, that's kind of a, that's a flagman's ritual per se. So when you see a driver or when you see a flagger do all these crazy like figure eight or helicopter blade twirls, it's just him getting animated and having fun with it. And it's just an, it's another eye catching thing you see at the racetrack for not only the fans, but also the kids that maybe want to flag a race one day, or maybe they just want to flag in the stands and in, in hopes that their flag, that their own local track flagger can catch them and um, inspire them to be maybe become a flagger and 
uh, either work with that said flagger when they get older or maybe even uh, take over the flagging job when us flag flag guys, you know, keep, just can't do it anymore. So I hope that answered the question. But um, I think tonight, I think that'll basically wrap things up for the night. Again, want to thank um, Ashley Allen for coming on earlier, taking time out of her schedule to do a quick interview. Um, want to thank. Uh, our production manager who stepped in as producer tonight and has come on um, a couple times during the night to let you guys know that, you know, there's a minor setback. And, of course, just recently, Miss Lee Reed, thank you very much to kind of help fill in. Um, I know we had hey, Craig no at one point. <laughs> I know we had That's Craig at one point that we lost him because of weather. But, um... Just want to say we're going to wrap things up here tonight. Want to say thank you so much for listening here on Blog Talk Radio and the One Ted Nation Sports Network for a race Tuesday night race chat live. Again, you can catch us on the wonderful iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaving, Podcast Stick, Deezer, Podchaser, YouTube. Podpage.com, of course, Blog Talk Radio. And of course, thank you to our sponsors Phoenix Fitness, Bearable Marketing Group, Carolina Sports Plus. And this has been Tuesday Night Race Chat Live. We'll see you in two weeks, folks. Same bat time, same bat place. We are off next Tuesday, but we are back the following Tuesday after Memorial Weekend. And, uh, what else to say? Uh, no, see, see you in two weeks. Same bat time, same bat place. This has been Race Chat Live with the caution flag reader Chris Creighton. He should be back in two weeks along with the DJ music man Craig Moore. I am the Tasmanian double flaggers Taz Taylor saying good night. We'll see you folks in two weeks. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way Just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. 
There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.